And uh, we'll be back in our Bible tonight in the book of 2 Peter. And we'll continue on in the book of 2 Peter. How's it sound out there? Does it sound okay? Okay. Seems clearer than normal. It's throwing me off. I'm used to hearing some kind of little... Amen. All right. We'll be in 2 Peter chapter number 2, of course, continuing towards the end of the chapter. And... Um, I'm going to try to um, um, just get, not spend as much time uh, catching up, but just mentioning just a couple of things here before we move on. And just to keep our minds upon something that I've, I've talked to um, uh, some people about. And I think this is vitally important. Um, and we all know this. Uh, but make sure you keep things in their context. And I think I tried to remember that um, when I was preaching from the, uh, was it verse 9? The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations. And uh, I think I mentioned something along the lines that make sure you keep things in their context. And so that's very important. Um, of course, you know, I've heard catchy sayings without context is pretext and those kind of things. But just um, always remember, even when you're reading, that's not just good for preachers, but even when we're reading, um, to make sure we keep verses in their context. You know, it's very important and because uh, it can really get you messed up to pull something out of place and make a doctrine of it. And so um, I'm going to say that just to say, just to start out in this chapter, uh, in chapter number two, and the reason I'm going to do this is to remind us the, the, the point that the writer's trying to drive home. Now, who's the writer here? The Spirit of God, right? So uh, I know Peter's the penman, and he's uh, pinning this down. But the Spirit of God has to say to us something that's important. Uh, he started in chapter 1, remember, and telling us to be fruitful. And then he's ended that chapter. He ended on the Scriptures. And how much I see as I go along in this life, how important the Word of God is going to be to us. Us. And I, you say, well, that's, well, I know we all know that to a degree, but I think we're going to know it more intimately as the days get darker. Um, we're going to know why we were so exhorted to take heed to this sure word of prophecy. And um, we're going to see it unfold before us. It is the only light to be had in this dark, dark, deceived world. And um, I mean, the Bible member says this now, if it were possible, deceiving the very elect... So, well, I'm above deception. Be careful now. Uh, you know, I don't know. But uh, if you got your Bible, you are above being deceived, right? If you stay in the Word of God, you get out of the Word of God, and you might be pulled and tossed to and fro, as the Bible says, children. Tossed to and fro. Be no more children. Uh, and so we need to be wise, understand what the will of the Lord is. And so God's expressed that to us. He's not playing hide and seek with His will. He plainly revealed what He wants us to know as we live this life right here in these 66 books. So um, get as familiar, young people especially, soak up all that you can. When you get older, it will be more difficult to commit to memory uh, the Word of God. Not that it's impossible, but it will take more labor behind it. Um, so while you're young... Learn to, learn to commit the scriptures to the, to the memory, but also meditate on them and work them down into your heart. They've got to get past your head. I know a lot of people that know the Bible in their head, uh, but it needs to get into our hearts, right? They make a difference because he said to take heed. And then he starts out this chapter again. Remember now, he starts out this chapter, and his first point is there's going to be false teachers. 
All right, so be careful because there has always been false teachers. There have always been false prophets. In the days in which we got our scriptures recorded, there were false prophets then. He's going to name one of them. And uh, so um, he, he's, he is dealing with that right off the bat. And these false, pre, these false prophets and teachers will uh, bring in damnable heresies, plural. And when you deny the rule of Jesus in your life, uh, there will be all kinds of crazy doctrines come out, right? And so they deny the Lord. And so then he goes on and, and says, now, don't forget, I'm going to judge that crowd. And so he starts talking about these false prophets. Gives a little encouragement there. And we hit that in verse number 9. And says, now, don't get dis, dis, so in despair because I know how to deliver you out when I do judge them. And uh, so God's going to deliver you. But then he goes on uh, to describe these false teachers and it's vitally important we remember and not lose sight of what he's dealing with in this chapter. And because he's going to switch gears a little bit and say something at the end of the chapter. But we can't let that take our eyes off of what he's trying to get us to know. And what the Lord is laboring here to get us to understand and remember is that we have to identify false teachers and avoid them. So you can't identify something that's false without knowing what the true is, right? And we know that story about how the, uh, the people working in the treasury, you know, they, they didn't study counterfeits they, uh, uh, or the secret service men, whoever it was that, that deal with that. They didn't study counterfeits. They studied the true. And then by knowing the true, they know what's not true. Right? And so they're able to identify, well, that's not one because I know what the one is. So you see what I mean? So uh, that same thing applies here to us. We don't have to go study false religions of the world to know they're false. Right? I don't have to study Catholic doctrine to know they're false. Anybody that put Mary on a cross is false. Done deal. Right? And um, and leave Jesus up there. <laughs> really, Jesus is not there anymore. Uh, but anyhow, and so uh, what we need to do, and how did you know that, Brother Clinton? Because I just read the Bible, right? And Jesus, uh, Mary is not covert interest, right? So um, we just have to study the Word of God. That's why the Bible says, study, show yourself approved. And often we don't do it because much study is a weariness to the flesh. And we don't like to have a weary flesh. We like to do it the easy way, don't we? But you got to study it. you got to dig in there and study these things out. And it's good to do. It keeps your mind on the right thing. I think I told Brother Oliver this week at some point, uh, I, I have more questions than answers often. But here's one thing that I do appreciate. Um, it, it, when I study these things out, I may never come to the exact truth. And I'm sure God will straighten us out in one day. But it keeps my mind going in the right direction, right? It keeps us on the right thing because there's so much going on out here. We're going to get distracted. We're going to get our eyes off the Lord. This book, every time I open it, it has its direction pointed one way. It points me straight to Jesus every time I get in it. And, 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 and nothing else in this world does. Netflix doesn't. Amazon Prime doesn't. Uh, the Facebook doesn't generally. Uh, Instagram, um, uh, whatever else is out there that exists. No, nothing else will point you to Jesus in a more clear picture than the Word of God. And so when you get in there and studying it out, it just keeps your mind and your heart on the right thing. Keep you thinking in the day on the right kinds of things. And um, so anyway, so he... He, he exhorts them to remember um, that there's these false teachers, and we have to learn to identify them. We, they, they are identifiable not in just by what they teach, but in what they do. 
So uh, I say that to say this. Some people have the idea uh, that a man, it's not very important what a man does as long as he preaches the truth. Well, now I just have to stop there just a minute. I understand that to a degree, but it is important. Yeah. Right? The character of a man teaching the truth is very important. And that's why he says sometimes they'll sprinkle in enough true doctrine, you may not catch on to it. But if you'll watch their ways, you'll find out you won't be deceived by them because they're going to start doing some things you ought to, alarm bells ought to be going off. Right? Eventually you'll know. Now remember now, I want to say a couple of things here. This is not people, uh, say for instance, there's been men, we used David, uh, I think last week, and there's been men in the ministry who get taken just like anybody else at a fault somehow down the road. They let their guard down, they didn't prepare their heart, they didn't uh, um, um, get their heart and keep their heart with all diligence, and something come in, it could happen to your pastor. It could happen to me, Brother Tony. If I don't keep my heart, I'm not above anything else. I'm just a man subject to like passions as everyone else. So we have to remember that um, uh, this is not somebody that has been preaching the truth and, and, and teaching the truth and somehow they get into some kind of mistake and make a mess in their life. And I'm not excusing that, but I'm saying that is not what he's dealing with here. These are false teachers that have a purpose. They have chosen the path that they're on. This is not honest error. This isn't a mistake where they let their guard down and made a mistake one time and yes, it messed them up and destroyed their ministry. These are wicked people who actually have gone a step further and they're not just satisfied with them being in a mess. They want to involve other people in it too. They've justified the sins that they're in. Right? And they're, they're wicked people. So wicked they can't even go out into a crowd of people without having eyes that are just full of adultery. Every, every time they look at a woman, they can't look with a pure mind because that's what's in their heart. Their heart's full and their heart is moving to the beat of their eye. Right? And so, uh, excuse me, their eyes are moving to the beat of their heart. And so their eyes are doing what's in their heart. And so we dealt with that. And so we just have to keep that in context because this is not describing a church member uh, when it says things like having eyes full of adultery who just, you know, messes up in a sin. Again, I'm not excusing that. Uh, it, it doesn't, it, it's not describing a church member when it says cannot cease from sin, although that's not a characteristic that saved people should have, either one of those two things. We have to remember now that is not what that is dealing with. And I say that because I can't tell you the number of times in my ministry I have had people struggle with salvation from that verse right there, cannot cease from sin. Well, like Dr. McCormick said, the only way to live above sin is to rent a room above a pool hall. Right? You're not going to eradicate this flesh. It's wicked and it's vile and it's just as vile as it was before God saved you. And so that doesn't excuse your behavior because we're told to reckon him dead and let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body because how can we therefore that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Therefore, present your body's living sacrifice wholly acceptable to God to reasonable service. That's the expectation. We're told not to sin. Yeah. Right? I don't ever want to be looking, making light of sin. Sin's a problem. When you get saved, you get saved from sin. You don't get saved just mere unbelief. You get saved from sin. You repent of sin. Sin is the problem. Sin put Jesus on the cross. Before uh, Jesus stood as a lamb slain, and Jesus was sent uh, to save his people from their unbelief. From their sins, which included unbelief, but they have unbelief in their heart, but their sins is what separated them between their and their, them and their God. Is that not what the, uh, the prophet said? Um, your sins have separated you. 
Right? It's not your unbelief. Now, I'm not going to go into that, but that is a problem, all right? But you don't, you repent of your sins. Your sins are a problem. You need saved from sin, and after you get saved, sin's still the problem. It's always been the problem. Well, who's the head of that? Us. We're the ones that, we're the ones that sin transgression of the law, right? And who's the one transgressing the laws? We are. Uh, so we have the, we have, uh, have to remember now. Don't 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 let me when I'm dealing with some of these things in order to help in certain areas. I don't want to uh, uh, end up on the other side of the ditch. So um, sin is it's bad. God hates it. He doesn't expect it in any of His children, and He wants it gone and out of your life, and makes absolutely no provision for it whatsoever. He makes no excuses for it. In my my life or yours, right? And so I want to make sure we stay balanced in this thing because God's against sin, and the Bible says that we're expected not to. And so, um, that, but what I'm saying here in this particular this portion of Scripture, the Bible is not what Peter is not dealing with uh, is uh, well. I must be a lost man, uh, no, because you'd have to back up because who he's classifying has all of these problems. Look at this: they walk after the flesh in verse ten in the lust of uncleanness. They despise government. They're presumptuous. They're bold and arrogant. They're self-willed. They're not afraid to speak evil of dignities. Angels that are greater in power and might bring not railing accusation against them before the Lord. And we know that verse in, in Jude. Therefore the Lord, but they say, let the Lord be. And verse number 12, but these as natural brute beasts made to be taken and destroyed, speak evil of the things that they understand not and shall utterly perish from their own corruption and shall receive the reward of unrighteousness as they that count it pleasure to ride in the daytime. Spots and blemishes are, are they, smarts they are, and blemishes, uh, sporting themselves with their own deceivings while they feast with you, having eyes full of adultery and cannot cease from sin, beguiling unstable souls. So don't, don't, don't separate that one out, cannot cease from sin, because you got to go on and take beguiling. Yeah. Are you beguiling? Are you trying to, well, see, well I, I don't think I'm saved because this verse says uh, that uh, they're unable to cease from sin and I can't stop uh, dealing with this area or that area in my life. Now, uh, I understand that sin should cause you to doubt whether or not you're saved. I don't have a problem with that. Uh, that's not unhealthy behavior to worry about where you stand based on the uh, kind of lifestyle that you live. You can get that worked out. God will give you the answer to that. Um, but that's not what's being dealt with here. Right? Because not only are they unable to cease from sin, uh, because they don't have the power to, they don't even have the desire to, see, because they've justified what they're doing. Is that you? Have you not only gotten to the place where, look, I'm okay cussing, I'm fine with it, and in fact, I try to get other people to cuss with me. Is that you? Are you, are you a false teacher? Because that's who's being described here. False teachers. Well, why is that important? Uh, because you have to be careful now. You can come through in any of the verses and you come down and pick a verse out and say, well, that must be me. See, I'm not saved. And you'll be, you'll be constantly up and down and in and out. And uh, the answer to the salvation of your soul lies between one, in, at one place, and that's where it's recorded, which is in heaven in the Lamb's book of life. And the only person that has the answer to that that can sing that book is God Almighty. No preacher, your mama, papa, daddy, nobody else knows the answer to that. That answer lies in the bosom of God. God knows that answer, and he'll give you that answer, and you'll have to find that rest in God, right? And so just be careful of letting uh, some people just let these verses, they come across these verses, and boy, it just causes them all kinds of a, and, and, and I dealt with that earlier. The question that Jesus asked is, do you believe on the name of the Son of God? That's the question. 
Right? So just be careful. He's dealing with false prophets here that are unstable. They're beguiling. They're, they, 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 have a, they have intent behind what they're doing. They're not just, they're not just um, I've heard many people that have preached something, Brother Jones, before it's wrong. And they preach something, but I, I think they learned it wrong. And they just, it's honest error. And if somebody took the scriptures and showed them, they'd probably straighten up and, li- and believe the Bible. I've done it. I've had to apologize from the pulpit things I've preached before that weren't exactly so. And I just heard preach before and I and I used it and went along with it and 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 so that's not what's being dealt with here these are these are your Joel things of America that are particularly know exactly what they're doing they know what they're saying is not right and they may not know it now but they knew it at one time so they made a decision a conscious decision to go down this path they have forsaken the right way so what happens is they were faced with the right way and the wrong way and they saw the right way and forsook that way willingly and went down the wrong way. Why? Because they love money. They love prosperity. They love, they love popularity. They love positions and power and, and they love recognition. And they chose all of those things. They figured that the weight, which is the wages of unrighteousness, they loved, the, they figured the world paid better than God did. That's what they said. That's what, that's, what, that's what we're looking at when he looks at Well, let's not get ahead of ourselves. So we have to remember in context who's being dealt with here. These are false teachers that are doing everything they can to draw away people unto themselves. Right? They're not pointing you to Jesus. They're, they're pointing to themselves. Follow me. Right? Stay away from people like that. They're dangerous. Just stay with the Lord. And so uh, he, he, he gives us discernment and wisdom to stay away from this. I can't tell you how many people I know. This is the problem that I have a little bit with online. You can go through there and you can listen to people online and you don't really know the background of who that man is. And I don't care what he's saying. His character matters. Yeah. Right? I think the same thing about these people singing. I'm not going to listen to nobody or no tape of anybody singing that don't live what they say that they believe in on that song. And if they're living in immorality and open immorality and they justify it, they live in rebellion to God, I don't want to hear them singing about God. Right? <laughs> it should matter. People's character matters when it gets in positions that they're teaching and they're preaching truth. It should matter how they live. That's why, that's why God has such great high expectations for his pastors. Right. They, that, that's why I mean, there's more expected out of me than you. Right. That's plain. Deacons too. We're, there's a lot more God expects out of us. Because we're in positions. People look to you. And these men have taken that position and they've called themselves to it. This isn't a God called man here. He's called himself to this position. And why? Because he um, has learned how to use it. He's become very, very good at his job. He, he knows that he can, he knows what he can say and what he can compromise to get you to follow him. Because here's what he's going to offer. Let's think through this now. So, uh, we're, we're in verse, uh, realizing, uh, see, rejection of the fallen or rejecting the fallen would be to us, but God's going to reject them too, so both are kind of true. Uh, look at verse number 14. We finish there. Um, beguiling unstable souls, a heart that they have exercised with covetous practice and this curse of children. This is a decision they've made. They've jumped into it headlong. So at one time they knew better than what they were doing. But now the, where the Bible says, here's something that happens when you deceive other people, you're being deceived. Yeah. You notice that in the scripture? Who are deceiving and being deceived. 
uh, I, I, there's there's people that they go along deceiving for so long. I think they really feel like that what they they come to a point where they don't even realize that they're wrong anymore. They think they're true in what they're saying. They fully believe the mess they're peddling. And uh, I've seen people that way, so you have to be careful. But so whether knowing or unknowingly is not the point. Here's what they are, and it's a decision that they made and chose to do. And this is what they are, uh, where they're at. And what we have to do is learn to identify people like that and stay away from them. But with online, uh, you don't know that. I, I know a lot of Christians that aren't able to go to church, and so they'll scroll through there and listen to people that are online. Well, you got to be careful because uh, you, you don't know what kind of crook's on there, right? I don't know what's behind some of these guys. I mean, there's actually people that are on there saying, well, God, uh, God's told me uh, that if you'll send in $10,000, he's going to give you a new car. Well, I'll sell you a car for $10,000. I got one. It'll be new to you. Amen. It's crazy stuff. I've got this holy water that I've blessed, and I said a prayer over it, and it said if I'm about that big and for a love offering $1,000, I'll send it to you. You can pour it on your head, and uh, I don't know. you got to bounce your checkbook. And people buy that stuff. I'm, I'm appalled that there are people that would believe that. And you say, well, preacher, that's crazy. I would never believe that. You ought to thank God for that. Amen. You ought to thank God for that because there's a lot of people out there deceived by that stuff. Amen. And all they're doing is making merchandise of those people. They just want love offerings and money. And they rake in money and money. And here's what they do. They promise you liberty. Now, we can't get to that. We'll get ahead of ourselves. So let's, let's go on. Now, here's what they are. They have forsaken the right way. This is an honest error. They knew better, and they forsook it. And they've forsaken the right way, and they're gone astray, following the way of Balaam, the son of Boser, who loved the wages of unrighteousness. And so we know, uh, y'all know the story. We won't go back to numbers. Uh, but this is, this is vitally important. I want to just read this to you in Revelation. Turn over to Revelation chapter number 2. Here's something that's important, I think, and what, what he's dealing with here. Uh, not only to protect our families, not only to protect ourselves from this kind of mess, and so that we don't get drawn away under, you know, some false teacher somewhere, it's important we identify them and mark them and avoid them because of this verse here. Look at this uh, verse number 13 of Revelation chapter number 2. I know thy works and where thou dwellest, even where Satan's seed is. And thou holdest fast my name and hast not denied my faith. Even in those days wherein Antipas my, uh, was my faithful martyr who was slain among you where Satan dwelleth. Uh, but I have a few things against thee. Because thou hast there them that hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel, to eat things sacrificed unto idols, and to commit fornication. I mean, it's, a, it's amazing to me how many times God uh, revealed himself to that man, and he made a conscious decision to still seek after what he wanted in this life. How many times did God come to him and say, all right, I'm going to let you go, but you're going to go and you're going to say what I say. You're going to deliver my message. And he tried to weasel into doing something else when he's the time he got there. I mean, it's amazing to me how many times. I don't feel sorry for him because I guarantee you somewhere along the way, God faced them with the truth and they chose a lie rather for their own benefit. Right? So they don't get any, they don't get any sympathy from me. Uh, the God, God showed them. Uh, but here he says this. He said, uh, they, they, uh, Balak uh, cast a stumbling block and caused them to uh, eat things, sacrifice, and commit fornication. And so hast thou also them that hold the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which thing I hate. And here's what he says. Repent from this unbelief. 
<laughs> right? No. Repent. 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 Who's he talking to? Save people that need to repent of this evil. They, they've kept bad company around. Get rid of people that preach and teach things like this. Repent of that mess. Be careful when you're out there with people just because they say they're a Baptist. I know a lot of people say they're a Baptist, and I don't know what they really are, but they use the name of Baptist. So it's like, uh, I believe we had a president at one time that claimed to be a Southern Baptist. Well, several, I think. And that man wasn't no more a Baptist and probably wasn't even a Christian. But that made it popular because it was a popular name at the time. It got votes, right? And so just because somebody says there's something doesn't mean anything, right? Watch their ways, young people. Watch what they're doing. And uh, so here's what he says, repent, or else I will come unto thee quickly and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. Now, why does he say that? <clears throat> here's what he says, repent. Now, what does he mean by repent there? Um, just feel sorry for it, but keep them around you. Now, would that make sense to what he's saying? So if repentance just means a change of mind, then how, how do you fit that in there? Here's what, here's what you could say then. If repentance just means a change of mind, change your mind. Because if you don't change your mind, that makes no sense. He's on them for the company that they're keeping. You've got people that teach the doctrine, but they're, they're like Balaam, and they, they hold to the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, and I hate that, and you're, you're, you're hobnobbing around with them. That was his, that's, his, uh, uh, that's his charge against them. Right? A man, a man that would teach and preach that you got to uh, work to get your way into heaven is not my friend in any way, shape, form, or fashion. Right? And because God hates that, that you can't justify yourself by the deeds of the law. And, and uh, so here's what he's charging with. Here's what you're doing. Here's the company you're keeping. It's affecting people around you. Get rid of those people. Run them off. That's what he means by repent. Right? Get rid of those people, because here's what's going to happen. I'm going to come unto thee, and I'm going to, and I'm going to battle against you. Is that what he said there? Read the verse. He said, now repent, or I'm going to come quickly unto thee to fight against them. Yeah. What's he saying there? Here's what I think he's saying. He's saying, because here's, if you don't get rid of them, I hate that mess, and when I come to judge it, you're going to get caught up in it. Yeah. Lot vexed himself. Well, that mess. And God was coming to judge that mess. And thank God for the grace of God pulled him out of there. Right? Now, that's what he's warning us. When God deals with that crowd, you don't want to be anywhere near them when God deals with them. That's what I think he's teaching. And I think that's why it's important for us that we, that we keep our churches purged of people that teach and preach that are, that are like Second Peter chapter number 2. Now, they don't generally come around us because we, we hold faithful to the Bible and they, they know we'll identify them pretty quick and easy. Um, so we don't have to deal with it much. But, but, it, but it could. It could happen. Right? It very well easily could. And what you, you got to be careful, uh, especially you young people, be careful what company you keep. Just because a person says they're a Christian and they carry a Bible doesn't mean anything. And I told you that story about the, the, the Jehovah's Witnesses that had that King James Bible. I mean, it looked like the same thing, the same Bible I'm preaching from. Right? But they're not the same in any way. So you have to be careful. See, I could have gotten took off of that thing for the grace of God. Could you imagine that happening? And you know what happened? You know what it was? Now, here's what I, I want to say, because we're, we're going to just take a couple more minutes here. They've forsaken the right way, so I don't want to go much more into Balaam. Y'all know the story about what happened there in Numbers. You can read it later on. But he loved the wages of unrighteousness. 
there in verse number 15. And um, he made a conscious decision uh, to do what he did several times. And so God's going to deal with him. You don't want to be around when he does. And then in verse number 16, he was rebuked for his iniquity. The dumb ass speaking with man's voice forbade the madness of the prophet. And uh, verse number 17, he's going to say this about these folks. These are wells without water. So uh, he looks like a whale. And what do you expect to find when you open, when you, when you, when you lower that bucket down into a well and you pull it back up? What do you expect to find? Water. You know what happens? You draw your bucket down in there and you pull it back up and it's just as empty as it was when you let it down. Why? Because ain't no water down there where he's, where he's at. Hey, shallow. You, you know, you know, these kind of folks, they'll always stay on the surface. They won't, they won't dive into the Scriptures and dive into the Word of God and, and, and prove from the Scriptures that Jesus is God. They just stay on the surface. Uh, well, it's impossible that God really Himself would come down. They always just stay on the surface. What do I mean by surface? Well, it's evident because they're always dealing with fleshly emotion. Right? The charismatic churches, have, they have become very skilled and artful in how to play on emotions because emotions draw people. Right? Most people that have emotions. <laughs> now, here's what he says here. So, if you look right here, I, I'm, I'm going I'm to try to, he, they're not only wells without water, um, that I want to say something else here about these folks. Um, they, um, to, uh, they are clouds that are carried with a tempest. So, he looks, he looks like a well, uh, but you're not going to find what you think you're going to find when you draw that bucket back up. It's not going to be water in it. That's for sure. You'll get something, but it won't be water. And then he said, now, he said, these people are like, they're empty. They're void. They're, they're just like a cloud. And, you, and, and you, you know what it's like to have a real dry time and see, man, we really need some rain. And you see that cloud coming, you think it's going to rain. And you think, yes, we're going to get some rain for the garden. And what happens in clouds, before you know it, they just, they, 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 they go down about, uh, just out of sight of you. No, no rain comes, Brother Allen. So, well, what good is the cloud if it's not going to rain? It, I thought it was going to rain. That's what these people are. These false prophets, they look like a cloud. They look like a whale, but they are not what they look like. Right? And you can identify them by their ways. They're, they're, uh, and he, he gives that. Um, but you're not going to find what you think you're going to find there. And, uh, and so in verse number 17, uh, you, you think these clouds are going to bring rain. And then it says what? It's a tempest. It doesn't bring nourishing rain. It brings a whirlwind into your life. Boy, be careful following people. It was shocking to me to know um, that uh, that man, uh, was it Jim Jones I was thinking about? What's, what was that guy's name that killed all them people? They drank that stuff. Did you know before that happened, when they realized they were about to get caught, that um, the parents actually killed their own children? This is how deceived they were, because they followed a man. If any, any one of those people took a King James Bible and compared that man to the Bible, they'd have left that mess a long time ago, and they'd, they'd have been alive. But they got so sucked into that thing... And they, he started out, and just like every one of these false prophets, they don't start out coming in and saying, hey, I'm Satan, 
right? They come in and look like a cloud. They look like a whale. But before the thing's over, he's so driven for himself and his own popularity and prosperity that he'll at any cost do what he has to do to get what he wants, right? And so before you know it, he gets deceived himself. He really thinks he's Jesus. And he thinks he's going to just tell everybody, and they kill themselves. Do you know, could you imagine that? Well, I would never do that. Well, so you're no better than anybody else. I'm, hey, listen, if you're saved in here now, you got a Bible, you'll, this ain't going to happen to you. But here's where he's really warning now. And I said all that to say this. Here's the crux of the message. At the, at the last of the, the last of the verse. I mean, the last of this chapter. Let's finish it. For when they speak great swelling words of vanity, they allure through the lust of the flesh, through much wantonness, those that were clean escape from them who live in error. Now, from this verse on to the end, he turns a little bit and starts dealing with the people that could be drawn away to that mess. So he says, look, these are the false prophets. Judgment's coming to them, and you don't want to be around when I do judge them. But then he turns to a crowd because remember in the first of the chapter, he said that they are going to draw away many unto themselves. And so he starts dealing with the crowd that was deceived by him. Okay. And he says this in verse number 18, when they speak great swelling words of vanity, they're very gifted and they're very, or, uh, they're very well able to speak. They're much, they're very gifted speakers. And they'll appeal to you and they'll promise you some things that you're not going to find what they say that they're giving you. And I'm about done. Look here. They speak great swelling words of vanity. They allure through the lust of the flesh, through the much wantonness, those that were clean escape from them who live in error. Now here's what I don't want you to focus on. And I'm, gonna, I'm just going to leave you like this because there's only no way I know to leave it. I'm going to leave you with another I don't know. I, I, I think the scriptures probably at this point, the more I've studied it over these past days, this is probably poss probably more leaning towards folks that were not really saved. But I do not know. I don't know. I'm honest with you, I don't know. I don't know if these people were saved and they were drawn away. I don't know if they were unsaved. But it's just almost to a degree like the prodigal son. If you, if you start out with a preconceived idea of what you think it is and then I preach that to you, then I can take those scriptures and make it say that. But I just, I'm just not sure. And here's why I think the Bible's not specifically clear. Because he's not going to give me the ability to give you assurance. You're going to get that from God. I don't know. Because a saved person could certainly uh, do things that are wrong. They could be overtaken in the end in some kind of fault. I mean, a saved person can do some things that are bad. So I don't know. I think it's kind of probably leaning more towards those that were, that were like this situation right here. Because here's what God put on my heart as I was studying today. And that doesn't matter. Because the point is to, to, to judge and to, be, and to, and to not, and this is not uh, introspection of judge yourself. This is judge the people preaching to you. Judge the people that you're going to allow to teach your children. That's what this is. And, and uh, so here's what he says. He says, okay, here's what they do. Through much wantonness, they, they pull aside these people. They drag them out. And they get people um, that have uh, um, escaped. And, and that's, that's a part that I, that I had a little trouble with today. And John, Dr. Phillips says uh, that that word means uh, almost escaped. And then I search it out. And it says, verily escaped, truly escaped. And so I don't know. I'll be honest with you, I don't know. Because I don't think that's the purpose in whether or not these people were saved. It's like the prodigal son. The purpose of that story is not whether or not he was lost or saved. The purpose was there was a great, loving, kind father that let the son come back home. So you can preach it either way, and, and as long as you use Scripture with Scripture, and, and probably not damage it either way. And I think here, kind of the same thing. I don't think that's the purpose of the end of this chapter. The purpose is stay away from these false teachers, because they're headed for destruction. They're going to perish in their own corruption, and you don't want to be around when I, ju when I judge them. Amen. 
That's the purpose. And so what he says here, they pull aside these people um, who had escaped, uh, who, who, who were clean escaped from them who live in error. Now again, remember, that doesn't say that they've escaped um, uh, the, the sin nature. Right? But, but I mean, it tends to some language here. It says they were escaped. What, do you, what, what did God put on your heart? Don't tell what God put on my heart today. Because this is what I feel like has happened time and time again in my ministry. There has been people that God began to deal with. And you watch this if this ain't so. God will start dealing with them. They'll start seeking God. They'll start laying aside some things. They'll start trying to get out from under things. And they'll try to start dealing with sin. I did it. I started putting aside this and trying to put aside that and try to quit this. And I started seeking the Lord and trying to, you know, get right with God. And they'll start that journey. And they'll, they'll come into church and they'll start going to church. And they'll, they'll try to get right with God. And they'll, they'll hear Bible preaching. And you just watch in a matter of moments, in a matter of time, some period of time, God will send, uh, the devil will send somebody just like God sent somebody. See, God's got somebody in your life that he wants. God chose Brother Shane and put Shane in my life and gave me the gospel. Well, the devil had somebody too, and the devil put him on a bicycle and dressed real nice and put a nice uh, suit of clothes on him. Shane wasn't dressed that nice that night. He don't mind me saying that. (laughs) He just looked like me, just an old sinner. And uh, you know what that... That guy come up there, boy, he looked good. And I thought, man, it ain't been a Baptist come to my door yet. I'm going to listen to this guy. And, uh, and the devil brought him in, and I could have listened to him. He come before you did. He came to my house before you came. Am I telling it right? He come in our house, and we let him pray in our living room, didn't we? I did. And then God still sent, had me somebody. But here's what I'm saying. Here's what happens. People will start seeking, and they'll start seeking the Lord, and the enemy will get somebody to teach them something that'll sound very similar. Very similar. That close to the truth. But they'll promise them liberty. You don't have to go all that crazy. You don't have to step all that way in. All you got to do is just raise your hand, pass this test at the end on this computer, sign here, and start tithing, and you're in. You do still have to tithe. <laughs> right? And so here's what they'll do. They, they, I'm, t- I'm telling you, watch it every time. When you, start, when you start trying to really get right with God, you better mark it down, buddy. God, the devil will send somebody into your life to draw you, to keep you from going all the way. He's satisfied if you just go three quarters. That's fine. Just don't go all the way. And so what, what he's saying here is, and what I feel like, because I've watched it time and time again, I've seen them right here under conviction so bad, tears streaming down their face, hanging on to the pews like this under conviction, and then they'll go down to a church that don't preach it right, and they'll raise their hand, and they'll get in and think they got salvation, and they'll never be back. I've seen it happen time and time again, brother. And they end up right back on dope. They end up right back on alcohol. They end up right back in the world. It never changes their life. And, they, they, and so I'm telling you, this is what I think he's saying here. He gets this crowd that they start to escape the pollution that is in the world. They start to, they start to seek God. They, they hear the preaching of Jesus and they're being dealt with and they're even under conviction. And, 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 and God's dealing with them and, and they're, they're listening and they're, they're, they're escaping those that are in error. They're, they're, getting, they're even putting away their friends. I did that before I ever got saved. I couldn't hang around that bunch. 
And so I started to get away from them that live in error. And I started seeking God. But I'm going to tell you, I've seen it time and time again where there's somebody who'll slip in and try to get them from going all the way. And don't you don't have to go all that way. Here, I've got something over here that's just as equal. It's just the same gospel. It's the same Jesus and the same Bible. But you've got liberty in what I'm preaching. You'll be under grace. You won't have to dress like them crazy people in their tabernacle. They're crazy with all that dress stuff. That's ridiculous. You can wear your brown panties and go parading around and still be a Christian. Come on now. Look up here at me. I'm, I'm, I'm going to preach. That's not in this Bible. Right? I, 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 I'm telling you this right now because this is helpful. Um, these people water down the message and change the truth to fit you. And the real, the real thing, the real truth, anybody that's willing to compromise that truth is false. If they promise you a liberty that allows you to live below the standards and the truths of this Bible, they're false. Amen. They're false. Even if I can't live up to it, don't change the message. Right? I can't get there. I mean, I've heard some preaching I don't think I'll ever get to. But keep preaching it. Maybe I'll get there one day. Right? You don't want my <laughs> approval anyway. It ain't going to get you nothing. <laughs> right? Just keep preaching the truth. And, uh, and so what happens is, is they'll come in and they'll promise you liberty. See, you can believe the book. You can be saved and not go to hell. But you can still drink. You can still party. You can still cuss. You can still live any way you want to. You don't have to worry about all that. All you got to do is repeat this prayer, buddy, and you're in. That man is false and he's an enemy of God. Because what I think this Bible's saying here, now it can, listen, I am, if a man got up here and preached and said these people were saved and they were clean escaped and they had escaped the world in the knowledge and they were entangled again there at the end, I, you know, I, I don't think I'd argue with them because I really don't know. It depends on what degree you're talking about. Were they ever saved? Did they ever have fruit? Did they ever step forward? Did they ever believe? I, I don't know. Those are questions only an individual can answer. I don't know. But either way, uh, that is a truth that happens in the life of people. They begin to start seeking. And I can tell you, I cannot count the number of times that I've had them come into a church where I've been preaching. And I've been preaching the gospel. And and God's dealt with put his finger on some kind of sin. And they didn't want to let it go. And they went down the road to another preacher who would take his finger off that sin and say, you can keep it and have Jesus too. And they'll take that every time. People won't take submitting to the Lord. They don't like that. When you have to submit and surrender yourself to the Lord Jesus Christ, you won't have as many takers. You can say sign here and repeat this and go to heaven and you can get a bunch of them to come. You say repent of your sins and turn from your idols to serve the living God, not as many takers. Right? And so this is, this is what I feel like he's probably more, than less, more than likely what he's saying here. And again, I struggle deeply with this, but that's not the point of this chapter. The point of this chapter isn't to tell you whether or not you're lost or saved. The point of this chapter is to tell saved people to stay away from false teachers and mark them, identify that crowd so unsuspecting people can say, oh, they're false. Right? We've got to mark them because we don't want them to affect our children. We don't want them to affect other people. Right? I, I, they may not get me, but they say, I don't want them to, to, to pull my heart away. And I, I don't think they could if I, if I stay in the Word. But I don't want them to affect anybody else either. Because I go out here and witness to people that have been living as a drunk for 40-something years, and they think they're going to heaven when they die. And you can't even get them to call it into question. What happened? They met a preacher somewhere along the way that said he could repeat after me and go to heaven when he died. That's what happened to him. 
And then here's what I think happened though. And I was telling another man about this this week and I'm done with this. But here's what if we don't be careful, here's what's going to happen. I think in order to combat that kind of stuff, we get on the other side and it's almost like without works you don't believe. Or, or without works you can't be saved. See, we can't get ourselves in the other side of the ditch combating people that are just preaching it easy. Because here's the facts of the matter. If you'll turn from your idols, it ain't hard for God to save you. If you'll repent of sin, if you'll turn and you'll believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll just cast yourself at the mercy of God, it ain't nothing God save you. Hey, Shane, I was probably saved before I got my last word out of my mouth in that special prayer that I said that night. Right? God, man, I think I was probably saved. I don't know. That's a, but in the heart, God knew that my, my mouth eventually followed my heart. But, man, in my heart, I wanted to. So, uh, either way, now, let's just finish reading it. We'll go home tonight. I'm done. But here's what they promise you. So, watch out for people that promise you liberty. Here's, here's the liberty God gives you. God gives you the liberty of being free from the law of sin and death. I can stop laboring as Job 9, uh, Brother Jones, one of my favorite chapters, Brother Jones preached the other night. And uh, he, we can stop laboring to try to justify ourselves in vain. Isn't that, a, isn't that a terrible, that's why he said, come unto me all you that are heavy and laid, heavy laid. Just cast yourself, I just casted myself on Jesus. I couldn't do it. I couldn't try to justify myself anymore. Well, God, I'll do this. God, will you love me if I quit doing this, if I quit saying bad words, if I quit doing that, if I quit looking this way, if I quit doing that, if I quit drinking this, if I quit doing this, and everything I tried to do, it just turned into a disaster until I finally said, God, I can't do it. He said, that's what I wanted to hear. Amen. And he just plucked me out. Didn't take him no time. Now, so in the end of this chapter, don't, don't get too caught up in whether or not, and we'll just read it and go home, but uh, don't get too caught up in trying to determine, well, were these people, I think a lot of times we get trying to get too caught up in these kind of things when we miss the big picture, uh, don't we, Brother Oliver? We, we miss the big picture, and the big picture is there's false teachers out there, and, um, and God wants us to identify them and, um, and uh, stay away from them, have no fellowship with them, and that kind of thing. They promise them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption. And I've noticed that about people. When they, when they give you this idea that you don't really have to live holy to be a Christian and all that stuff, it's because they don't. Right? And it makes them feel better. They've justified it now. Why don't we just be honest and say, look, I can't meet up to this. I'm doing my best, but I can't do it. And you know what? You'll find good company because there's pl- people plenty in here and I don't think there's a one of them doing it. We're doing our best to with everything in me. But ain't none of us going to fully live up to the expectations of the Word of God. And while we're laboring in this sinful, sin-cursed world and this flood, that don't excuse it. But uh, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think anybody's going to eradicate this flesh while they're breathing air. There are some people that think they have, but they, they haven't. But God still expects us to now. Remember that. Okay, so uh, they promised him liberty. They themselves are the servants of corruption. For of whom a man is overcome of the same as he brought into bondage. And here, here's a warning to a Christian now. This, this is to a Christian too. We need to remember. We need, we need to keep this in our mind. Anything that's overcoming you in your life, you'll be brought into bondage to it. And you got to be careful. That's why Paul said, I'm not going to be brought on the power of anything. I don't care if it is, if it is lawful to me. I'm not going to let anything have the power over me. Jesus owns me, and he owns my body, and he's my Lord, and he's going to tell me what to do. Think about smoking cigarettes. 
People say, well, I don't think it's a sin. Well, I don't know. We can argue that all day long if you want to. Uh, but I can know this. You're hateful if you eat and don't smoke one. <laughs> I can promise you that. I've been around enough people smoke. I know. And I can tell you this much. Um, see, these are tr- trivial things. This is what I'm talking about. I, 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 and I, I hate to say it's trivial. I, I don't mean that that way. I just mean people often battle that, that one area there. And uh, so, so it, it seems to me like that thing's brought you under its power. Would that be fair to say? And so um, Paul said, I'm not going to be brought on the power of anything. See, that thing tells you when you're going to be happy. Because if you don't have it, everybody gets to suffer your wrath. So what are you happy? Happy in Jesus? Happy in the Scriptures? Or is, it, or, or is, that, is that thing making you happy? See, it's going to be brought on the power of him. And so that thing, uh, this is why the Scriptures are so, just so, you know, I just love it. Because it's true. Uh, let, let me go on. Uh, but of the same as he brought into bondage. And... Um, and so you got to remember that if you give yourself, and this is particularly talking to a man, but that's true of sin. But if, if you follow men and that man's a servant of corruption and you're overtaken by him, where do you, where do you think you're going to be in bondage to corruption, right? And so verse number 24, if after they have escaped the pollution of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein and overcome. The latter end is worse with them than the beginning. So, I mean, again, there, you can try to make that say one way or the other. And you can... You you can preach it both ways and probably come up with some good things to try to prove your point. But that's not the point that's being made here, right? Stay away from false teachers. Learn to identify them. And the only way you're going to know that is by knowing this. So for, if after, for it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they have known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. But it has happened unto them, according to the true proverb, that dog is turned to his own vomit again, and the sow that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. There again, same thing. You can say, well, he's still a dog. Or you can say the nature that's a dog, he let the dog loose. You can say his flesh got the best of him. See, either way, I, I, I honestly, I'll be honest with you, I, you just study it out. When you figure it out, you come tell me. But here's the purpose. Here's the point. If you follow men against this Bible, you're going to end up at the end of this chapter. Right? One way or the other. And so just stay with the Lord and keep your eyes on the Lord and stay in the Word of God and you'll be okay. Hey, we finished that chapter tonight. Anybody else happy we got through that chapter? That's a that's a encouragement to me when I read through here and read these things. Is uh, it's encouraging me? Um, people say, "Well, you ought to know." Well, yeah, man. You know, any anything that I don't know or understand is my fault, not God. And um, we'll get there eventually. But um, it just it just helps keep me humble. It just helps me to remember that um, that uh, that uh, man is um, is altogether vanity, yeah. right? Yeah. And without God, he is uh, really nothing. So anyway, I appreciate y'all being here tonight. Thank you for listening online. We'll you we'll just sing one verse, brother Reed. Do you mind to sing us a verse? Just in case you need to come. Why don't you stand to your feet and um, brother Reed will sing one verse, and then we'll go home tonight. Miss Jessica, you, okay, she's going to play for him. But if you need to come, we'll give you a chance to come to the altar. The Lord's dealt with you. Just be sensitive to the Lord and um, mind the Lord. What are you singing, Brother Reed? 44, the Haven of Rest. The Haven of Rest. It's a good one to go home on. Amen. I hope you're anchored in the Haven of Rest and not your own good deeds. Be anchored in the Haven of Rest. If you need to come, you come on.